0: Okay, I'm ready. You guys ready? Cool. Let's rock and roll. Hey, I'm Andrew. This is the Bearded Friend Podcast and thanks for joining me on this episode. this week's episode I speak to Dan Patlansky. We talk about touring, tells me an interesting story about his new guitar, talks about songwriting and mentions his new up-and-coming album. So welcome to episode number 21 uh thanks for joining me on this episode this is a very special episode for me because when i started this podcast i compiled a list of guests that i would like to have on the podcast and one of them was dan Petlanski. and i had set myself a goal that by the end of this year i would like to have dan on as a guest and i'm happy to say that in this episode i bring you dan Petlanski. so if you don't know who dan Petlanski is my question to you is where have you been dan is south africa's most well-known blues rock musician he's been making a name for himself overseas for many years now he's open for bruce springsteen here in south africa he's toured with joe Satriani, king king and he's just finished a tour with walter trout i chatted to dance uh, probably about two months ago and asked him if he was interested in coming onto the podcast he said he was we had uh, agreed to have a chat at the music box and said I was in Cape Town that weekend and couldn't do it, so I had to make in another arrangement. I caught up with Dan before he played his latest gig at the Rivonia Barnyard. We had a quick chat and laugh about the arrangements that didn't work out, and then we kick-started the conversation. Well,
1: I'm glad we can make I it, it
2: say, for yeah, to. for sure. But um, talking about the music box, a uh, spectacle yesterday, and he was saying that your last gig there was amazing. Yeah, it's
1: a cool place, man. Yeah, I mean, and I mean you've played there a couple of times. I think I've, I think my, the last one was the tenth. Yeah, age. yeah,
2: exactly. And I mean for Glenn to say that that's, that that um, gig was, was the one, probably, It was the one. Nah, I mean, that's it's that's awesome, pretty cool,
1: man. That's so cool. So, what do you yeah.
2: think of the of the venue,
1: the music box? Yeah, I think it's probably the most unique venue. In South Africa, definitely, yeah, and possibly in the world. I mean, there's a trend overseas where there's kind of house party, soirée type things, yeah. But I mean, that's a very underground thing. But in South Africa, there's there's not much of that. I mean, yeah. I think it happens, but it's it's so underground that no one knows about it. You know? Yeah, yeah. But it's cool because you get to play in a very, very different setting to <clears throat> anywhere else. Yeah, where it's like it's the most intimate setting you you can play in. And you can, because it's so intimate, you tend to tell stories more. You know, you talk, talk more about the songs. You, you know, it's not necessarily about putting a show on. It's, it's about talking and explaining backgrounds of music and songs and, you know, stories. And that lends itself to that for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. completely. And it's Yeah, it's fun, man.
2: Yeah, it's like my favorite spot to go and watch yeah, yeah. local music. Also, I think audiences,
1: because it's so intimate, it's, tend to really listen. Yeah. <clears throat> because if you talk in there, it's fairly obvious. You know, in, in a room like this, it's so big mm. that if you spoke, no one's going to really know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, that's right. And then you, the next guy does, and the next guy, and the next guy until everyone's yeah. speaking. Yeah. There, it's, you, it would be blatantly obvious, I think. But I mean, mm. well,
2: I think we chatted about this when we were at the cockpit. I asked you the question about it because I noticed, I mean, it's also a small little, int- not intimate, but it's a small venue in there. What I noticed
1: was everyone spoke through so the whole yeah, show. I, I say exactly. right, trust me, yeah. So what happens is as soon as it's a show like this, if you're yeah. doing some background action for lunch, perfect venue. Yeah. yeah. You know, just in the background as a yeah. rapping yeah. and stuff. If you're putting a show on, yeah. which is the duo thing, is a show. It's the same yeah. as the electric thing, it's a show, it's there to be watched. There's very there's subtleties in the show, ups and downs stories. And generally if people talk during the show, I kinda of switch off and Really don't talk to the audience. So I feel like yeah. I'm talking to myself. Yeah. So because I must admit, yeah, yeah.
2: That, that cockpit gig that you did was different. Just completely. It was different. like almost, I don't know, there was nothing to do. Yeah. With me, a little bit disappointing. Yeah, in completely. a way, because I could feel that it was. Yeah, there was. We went in normal, your normal, interact. Yeah. So especially on the duo
1: show it <clears throat> and with the acoustic show you did, it's the same thing. Mm. It's it's all about people listening.
2: Yeah.
1: Otherwise. It's pointless because all the nuances in the music get lost, get completely get lost, and then you stop doing the nuances because you say, "What's the point?" Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So that place used to be very cool when you used to have the old owner, yeah, the guy that just that started that brewery there. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Okay, he was a big music lover and he was very strict in if people spoke during the show because if you yeah. if you're paying your money, then you come and you you listen. You speak yeah. in half-time or you speak after the show. Yeah. Cool. Because yeah. I always can go to any other restaurant and speak. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's free. You don't have to yeah. pay a, co- a show ticket, you know? So, it was, it was probably one of the most disappointing shows of the tour yeah. because it was, we were very fortunate. It was, I think it was the only venue we played where we had that issue. Yeah. But it's a What's Sunday that? afternoon and it's outdoors and people just feel, ah, let's have a, mm. have a talk. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, anyway. The rest of the
1: shows are awesome. Yeah, <laughs> awesome, bro. Thank you, man.
2: Um, and so you've just finished your um, your tour with Walter Trout, Trout. Yeah, how was that? It was cool, man. Yeah. It was
1: very, very cool. I mean, it's very different. I mean, just if you a support artist or a headline artist, which we've you know been fortunate enough to do both over the, the last couple of years, mm. it's a very different thing touring there. Yeah. Um, because it's infrastructure for music there, you know. Um, so, for instance. And not to knock any venues in South Africa, and I understand South Africa is a tough place to be a venue. It is. It's a tough place to be an artist. It's not just venues that, that battle artists too. It's a, it's hard is, for instance, firstly, everyone stands at a show in, in, in Europe in the UK. It's only if you're smashing like a 7000 seat auditorium that people sit, mm-hmm. and as soon as people sit during a show, the vibes, it kills the vibe, it kills yeah. it. Yeah. No one stand, No one sits at shows, doesn't matter, you can go up to 2,000 people, people stand. And then there's an energy in the yeah. room, always, so that's the first thing, the biggest difference there. And when I say infrastructure, is you know, like for instance, just the PA systems in, in the rooms. You could play a room this size, yeah. you know, like we used to do a few years ago, like very small rooms, and the PA will be like three times the size of the barnyard's PA, not because it needs to be loud, just because you never have to run it super hot, so it's brittle. Yeah, yeah, it's just always idling, and the yeah. sound is always just great. Right. So, so they got great. You've got great PA's. You play through. Mm. You know, it's just got great infrastructure. And it's built. You know, the the venue system is built for live music, so it's very easy to perform well there because you're always getting a constantly good sound on stage, constantly good sound for your front of house guy. You know, for yeah. the audience. And it's, it's, it's great, I'm not knocking South Africa at all, I understand yeah. completely yeah. why South Africa is because we don't, we don't have the music industry to and support the money for that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, if, if we had, I mean, this, yeah. this venue is, I think, 500 capacity because everyone's sitting with the tables. Yeah. This yeah. venue in Europe yeah. would be 4,000 capacity. Sure. 4,000. You know how many years you've got to work to fill a 4,000 capacity venue? And yeah. it's, it's crazy. Crazy. You know? But yeah. South Africans like to sit. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why, but they do. <laughs> Unless you go to F&B stadium and yeah. you see, you know, the Foo Fighters or something. Yeah, it's only time you stand. Yeah, and then most of those want to sit anyway. <laughs> the old belly. Yeah, it? yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So I mean, talking about. This, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. no, I wanted
2: to ask you. I mean, like, first of all, how do you how do you hook up with these guys overseas? I mean, you've toured with Joe Cetroni. With King King, mm. uh, how do you? I mean, do your people talk to their people, or do you? Well, it's it's all through,
1: it, Yeah, we we get invited, but it's through our promoter. Okay. in the UK, you, yeah. UK is very different to here. So you can't. If you're an artist in the UK, you can, but not on. If you want to play coffee shops, you can go book your own gigs. But the way it works in the UK is you book through an agent, and the agent has has local promoters in every region. Okay. So. I mean, there's a lot of cut to your money, but it works, it kind of okay. works out, so yeah. the, the agent books a show, the agent gets hold of the promoter in that Manchester area or wherever, and he will get you a venue capacity for where you're at in your career, right? Yeah. So if you can fill yeah. a 200 or a 300, okay. that's what you get booked in. And the promoter is the guy, whoever's dealing with the tour, so on the support thing, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll often use other artists that they promote, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. For instance, with Walter Trout, and by the way, it was just unbelievable tour with him, an unbelievable mm. guy. Yeah, you know, with King, King, with Joe Mangione, Taylor, with Satriani. but we it, we all share the same promoter and agent and PR company, okay. right? So they would rather use people they work with, you know, mm-hmm. that they earn money from. To get in, so it's the same when we do headline tours. All our supports that we get in UK are all people work, working with the same promotion. Okay, that's great. So, so yeah, that, that's kind yeah. of how how it works. Obviously, it's it's up to the artists too who you're supporting. Mm-hmm. They will listen to your stuff and yeah. say yes or no. Okay, yeah, that's great. So sure.
2: in the case of Joe Satriani, you know, he was like, okay, I want yeah, Dan yeah, to stand. Yeah, yeah, come yeah. yeah. Obviously,
1: our, our our people approached him because yeah. we were the same. Uh, I think it was the same PR company in that mm-hmm. case. <clears throat> and they were very happy to have us on the, on, yeah. on the road, it was cool man, yeah. it was a long tour, but it was very cool. Yeah, yeah because,
2: do I understand correctly, you're only going to play one gig with him, and then he asked you to do the rest of the yeah, tour? Yeah, what, what
1: ended up happening was, we were just going to do one region with him, so we are just going to do okay. the UK with him.
2: Okay.
1: Because um, our PR agent that got us involved, does, does Joe's PR for the UK, oh, right. so we were just going to do the 10 shows in the, the, in the UK, and then not the rest but then we ended up doing the whole tour from eastern europe all the way across western europe to to the uk we yeah ended in the uk yeah. so it kind of worked out pretty cool you yeah. know it was a good. it was awesome That's because yeah. you know being a support artist <clears throat> you know you're always exposing yourself to a far wider audience it's yeah. the same as anywhere you yeah. know what I mean you, Yeah. so when you go back and you do your own show you're getting a few more people through the door yeah sure they would have never yeah. known about you or you know would have never given you a listen because and they were never exposed exactly, to your stuff yeah exactly
2: so you know and that's what I wanted to ask was uh, have you noticed the fact that you've been involved with those guys that you've got a, a bigger audience now in, in Europe and the sure. UK and all that kind of stuff I, I mean, mean the different
1: regions it varies you yeah, know like the Netherlands has never been great for us for some reason okay. we're still pushing yeah. Germany's yeah. better. Our yeah. strongest is the UK. Okay. We've do a, a lot. we done a lot more touring there, which helps. We've got great PR there. Uh, but it certainly helps. I mean, the Satriani one was a big one because we did the whole of Europe. I mean, the countries like Romania and... Uh, you probably wouldn't never have gone to. Yeah, I mean, it's really, those are very tough countries to break into. Yeah. They're very niche countries. You know, Poland and... You know, obviously Germany and those places we did with them, but those are slightly easier to get into because they're not far from the UK, but yeah. going into, like, Hungary and, you know, now we're able to go to Hungary and do our own shows and yeah. sell, and you know, we're not selling Satriani tickets, but we, you know, we can sell 500, 600 yeah. tickets in, in Hungary, you know, yeah. play nice big-sized rooms, which is great. We never would have been able to do that yeah. without the support, not in a Absolutely. million years. Absolutely. Yeah, sure, so it, it helps, yeah. yeah. And I mean the touring,
2: going overseas, going to Europe, I mean, because this is your day job, right? Yeah. So, um, well, you know, one would understand if you were to go overseas, you go to uh, Europe or UK and things start happening there that, you know, you might relocate there.
1: Sure. And leave South Africa I'd, I'd, behind. I'd, huh? To be honest with you, I would leave tomorrow. Oh, would you? Yeah, because I must be honest, I know this is a, like, completely off the subject. I used yeah. to have so much hope, yeah. Okay. And I've kind of lost it a bit, yeah. you know, over the last little bit. Okay. It is what it is. But you know why in the country, in the, country. Or in the music industry in the country. Well, it's the oh, country yeah. because the state of the country affects the music industry. Fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so selling tickets now is three times as hard as it was three years ago. Mm. Just because people don't have money anymore in South yeah. Africa because it's yeah. tough. It's tough yeah. out there for everyone, you know? Yeah. So I've got kids now. And you know, that's my my biggest worry. Okay. Um, obviously it's very difficult to relocate there because I've got Zero ties to the UK. I don't have British ancestry. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. I've got some Lithuanian ancestry.
2: Jewish background, Jewish background yeah. but yeah. it's
1: so far back. I don't think I even qualify. My wife's got zero um, heritage. I mean, it's. Oh, no. I mean, I love the UK. I mean, the weather's a bit bleak and, and all that. But I love South Africa. Don't get me wrong. a
2: writing please. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's not that I don't like South Africa. This is home, and I love this place. I do. Yeah. Just for my career and kid's yeah. career and going forward I would relocate and it would be a really great move uh, career wise for me yeah, because I could I, my I could build my profile a lot quicker because I'm there all the time not twice yet at the moment it's yeah. two, two tours a year yeah um, it would be cool so but the reason we haven't located is just because wow it's it's tough tough, yeah. tough to get there well they don't, I they don't want so. us <laughs> <laughs> well they hope Hopefully they want your music and yeah, that's yeah, enough yeah, to yeah, keep you sure. there. <laughs> That'd be great. So, yeah. So,
2: um, and then lucky, I was just listening now, I can hear Ross and Black Harbor yes. practicing in the background. I mean this is the second time Ross has open for yeah. you. I mean, what do you think of his music?
1: Love it, man. I love, it. love him. Fun. I love him as a dude. Yeah. I think he's just a fantastic guy. Yeah. Um, I love his music, love his voice, love his guitar playing. And for me, the big thing is is you know, just like a guy like Walter Trout, right, he's, he's very much into giving, you know, um, platforms, I suppose, to artists in the blues, and, and related to the blues, because he loves the blues, and it's the same with me, I love the blues, and I love, I want the blues to grow and succeed, and I want people to be exposed to the blues, so the better a guy like Ross does, I mean, he deserves to do well, it's not like, you know I mean, he deserves it, I mean the better for everyone. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? It's like Absolutely. if someone succeeds, it's just it's good for all of us. Yeah. So for me, <clears throat> having having a guy like that is is my absolute pleasure. And also, having a quality support act <laughs> makes the world a different. Yeah. Because, you know, there's a big South African thing, I don't know if it's around anymore, but a, a way of doing things of getting getting like a pretty bleak support act. Yeah. So the main act sounds good. So it's But it never works that way. It never works that way because all it does is it just irritates the audience. Yeah, it
2: does. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Because the audience are just
1: not in the mood by the time the the main act goes on. And I've never understood that concept. Mm. You know what I mean? Surely you just want to every stage of the night must be quality. And for me, it's inspiring to have a quality act playing before you and it sets the mood for the evening. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Because I
2: mean, a lot of the shows that I've been to, uh, your shows at the Barney, there's always been a good Support. Um, support act. Yeah. Well, I didn't even once upon a time, I
1: won't mention who it was, but once upon yeah. a time we didn't have a good support act. Okay. Not because we picked them because we didn't know. We got yeah. you know an email, yeah. gave them a chance, and it was pretty pretty oh, it was bad, sad. yeah. Also, yeah. 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 way too <coughs> far from what we do. Yes. And the audience, you know, were moaning during the time, booing, which is a bit rubbish for the, the artists no, out there. They, the they artists, certainly yeah. didn't deserve it. But the whole gig turned out to be a bleak thing because no one was amped. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's just so important to have the right person. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah.
2: Sure. I mean, I've been watching, uh going to a lot of the Black Harbour shows yeah. recently, and Ross has got a presence sure. about him on the stage, which is just also very nice That's and big time. Man. Yeah, yeah. Big time. It helps for for the person to have a stage presence. Sure. Because about a you can have a good musician, and he just could come, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. go off and. You know, it's not really going to do much for the audience. Exactly, for sure. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, that's what I also like about your shows. Yeah. So the first song that I listened to of yours was "Come and Come and Play," right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah sure, right. way. Exactly. yeah. Was Lock the old your one. Music had just launched in South Africa. Yes, and it was the one free song you could get. Oh, right. Lock Your
1: Music! <laughs> no way, man. And that's when I
2: first started listening to you, and this buddy of mine kept on saying to me, "Dude, you've got to go watch Dan live." Right. Goes, yeah, 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 yeah. No, you gotta go watch Dan live, and I went to watch you at the Cristobal. Right, and I was like, I was like a deer in headlights. I was like,
1: How's this <laughs> oh, cool possible? Did you Thank sound you, better bro. than <laughs> <laughs>
2: on CD? Because you know, often, often you go and watch a live act, and they, it's not as doesn't it's sound as impactful as like yeah, sure. Impactful, yeah. But you know what
1: it is? It's this music, the blues, yes. and anything related to yeah. the blues or roots music. It's about the relationship between an audience and the. And the band. It's so yeah. a two-way, you know, the more the audience gives, the better I play. Yeah. That's why I keep going back to the standing audience. You always yeah. get more from a standing audience. Yeah. So for instance, is if I'm playing a solo and someone gives me positive feedback, if it's yeah. a shout something during the yeah. solo, it, it makes me play better. You know what I mean? And some people think they mustn't say anything because it's being disrespectful. Yeah. I think talking about politics maybe during the solo is a bit disrespectful, <laughs> but, but talking and being involved with the solo, yeah. different story. different story, and yeah. and so that's what makes this music exciting live, yeah. and, and also the improvisation, you know, that solos are different every night, no solos ever the same, yeah. you know what I mean, it's completely, There's no, nothing's written or performed, the only thing that's a staple are the lyrics, if I yeah. can remember them, you know, <laughs> and you know, the, the general structure of the song, the yeah. solos will be different lengths every night, Different okay. notes, different feel. Yeah, that's And crazy. that's what makes it exciting, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah that's what I noticed. Um, so, Ross from Prime Circle, he's been doing his acoustic tour. Yes. And I went, I've seen three of them. Yes. I saw at the Music Box, I think at Melrose, mm-hmm. and then I saw, where did I, say, I saw him again some at oh, the Radium. Yeah, And every night was different. Sure. Even though he played the same song. Yes. He, he told the same stories, told them a little bit different. Sure. And that's actually nice, because uh, it's also... Um, like, I've been to lots of your shows. I like coming to, you, even though I've heard the music and I've I mean, been. Sure. I mean, I even saw you twice in one day, right here at. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Sorry. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, I think you
2: played an afternoon gig and then. Yeah, we did
1: the night one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. both.
2: No way, awesome,
1: man. Yeah, so, yeah but, it's,
2: but like you say, I mean, I, I never really put my finger on it with your show, but it is different. Yeah, each time so it's you know it's not like you're hearing and attacks. that's what separates
1: a good show and a bad show is, is yeah. how you're feeling on the night so if it's, a, if it's a complete product everything is played identical every night and there's no room for you take error out of the equation you can't make yeah. mistakes if you just play by the book yeah. then you'll have a far more consistent show but it'll be a far more boring, boring show, show. Yeah, you know, know what I mean so for me that's what some nights I'm always excited to play, mm. but sometimes you're just not present, and you're yeah. not in it yeah. like you are on another night. And who knows how, well, how that works, it just works, up, works like that. and that's. Yeah. But it kind of makes it exciting, because you play differently on every night. Mm. Yeah, That's great,
2: because i always wondered, I'm not a musician, but mm. I've always wondered, oh, you play the same songs, it doesn't even get boring, but like I think you've answered that question, that yeah. you know, there is variety. There you interpret it differently and, every night. Yeah,
1: yeah. So that's in the jazz world, you get a book called The Real Book, which is a book of all the jazz standards, and that's those, yeah. those been played by jazz musicians forever. Mm. Now, <clears throat> the reason why everyone, every jazz artist plays that uh, like particular song, because everyone interpre- interprets the it completely different. different, and it's yeah. almost a different song. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's kind so, of a similar thing.
2: So, talking about that, uh, that's Wagon Wheel mm.
1: something that you did on Wooden Thoughts.
2: I mean, I went back and I listened to the original yeah, Bob yeah. Dylan. I was like, it's like a different song completely, man. And I yeah. love it when, and, and that's what I also like about Ross is that, like, he will do a cover, like he did Hotel California the other day at mm. um, at the uh, Hard Rock in Janesby. And I mean, I've heard Hotel California so many mm. times, sure, and his take on it, it was just so refreshing. Was, yeah, was, sure, it was just it was his his interpretation. Which sure, was, which is I mean, great well, that's what it's about. If you're going to cover yeah. it verbatim,
1: it's pointless. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, the theme of the podcast is motorcycles, tattoos and craft, which okay, obviously cool. includes uh, local music and sure. all that stuff. So, I've got to ask you about the tattoo. Sure. So, like, what was your first tattoo that you got?
1: I've got this thing on my stomach, which is, like, from 97 or something like yeah. okay, that. I was 16 when I got it. Pretended I was a little older than I was, obviously. <laughs> um, I got that and, yeah, it's kind of... It's, it's yeah, like kind of expanded from there. From there
2: yeah. <laughs> so like when you choose a tattoo, what mm-hmm. do you, uh, how do you choose a tattoo? Uh, I the mean... The latest one is the Swallow, right? No, the latest one is the Swallow.
1: Yeah. So I mean like Pepe does almost, you know Pepe? Yeah, I know Pepe. Yeah, so Pepe as for the last, I mean the last, I don't know how many tattoos, like, Pepe's kind of sponsor yeah. me and I <clears> love Pepe's work. Um, so Pepe did this, I like, very. I like Kark old school tattoos. Yeah. Sailor tattoos, like my neck is very sailor, it's very yeah. simple, like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, like the lighthouse and all that. Um, so, I've always, my wife's not the biggest, my wife does not mind tattoos, okay. but after the neck and the fingers and all that, she's like, you know, just yeah, hang back true. a bit. Yeah. So, I was going to go for more of a traditional swallow, and I'm glad I did it, my wife got involved, she's a designer actually, Okay. and then said I should go for more, slightly more realistic one, and Pepe did an epic design for me. Yeah. She's chuffed with it, okay. and so am I. I'm so, so glad of it. So, do you have but, to get approval now? Yeah, I got it, man. especially if I'm heading towards yeah, outside yeah. A, So, what
0: on your fingers? On your fingers? Yeah, it's, it's tone. tone. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, I mean, that's just the, the sailor vibe, which I like. Yeah. But, I mean, generally, like the swallow, because I travel so much, the swallow's meaning well. swallow can always find its way home. It was like the traditional meaning of the tattoo. The, the, the neck one is something Pepe designed for me, which is. A lighthouse on the anchor mm. and the meaning of it is anchored in solitude because i'm an introvert by nature yeah, yeah. not that I don't, I don't mind being with people but yeah. you know i really you know i can do it for so, so long and then, then i must just whew, zen of it and you know that's where they anchored in solitude that's where i kind of find energy and mm. and solace is yeah. and solitude i suppose yeah, yeah. you know um i've got my kids names on my chest um this was uh, Pepe covered up some Bleak stars that I got like years ago, and kind of fixed it up. Um, I've got Steve Ray Vaughan's face on my back, oh, really? for obvious reasons, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> which is quite an oldie. I got that in yeah. 2001 or something like that. Yeah. I got <clears throat> guitar on me, yeah. and, and and all of this, everything on me is covering up some bleak things underneath it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So I'm like. You know, like cheap tattoos. Like oh yeah, yeah. Back, back in the day. Yeah, yeah, back in the day, man. Yeah. You know, like O's first tattoo. You
0: know, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. At least one, a couple like, of bleakies, You know what yeah, I mean, Yeah. Exactly. I don't mind this like gecko on my stomach because I'm not. The, the, I don't have the physique to walk to around my shorts build, anyway. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I can, I can live there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we're talking about guitars. Mm. Um,
2: you know, with you know, a lot of musicians will have these beautiful lace Paul's and mm. yours yours have got um,
1: Patino. So, uh, the guitars, the two guitars I've been playing for 20 years. Yeah, Which is the Red, which is the red yeah. guitar. It's, old 60, mm-hmm. it's from 1962 Strat. Yeah. And then the Beast, from 1964. So, <clears throat> the paint... So they've been around. They've been around. Yeah. i played them for 20 years. Um, the paint, it's called Nitrocellulose, so it dries. Yeah. It gets very brittle after many years and flakes off quite easily yeah. and it also depends on your picking technique you mm. know which mine's quite wide so you tend yeah. to scrape off you know bumping guitars and shows into walls by mistake or walking you know what I mean no. like the door knob yeah. is smashing it um, so a lot of that wear I mean most of the wear on those guitars is me it's not someone yeah. else but I mean it's the age I made them wear completely yeah. differently so yeah, no. um, but I mean um, like
2: I mean you could go to someone like JD Custom and Go get the thing redone and look look brand new, but I mean... Sure, but it kills the sound. Yeah, it doesn't.
1: Yeah, because okay. now if you get a new coat of paints on, mm. it's like putting a blanket over a speaker. So okay. a piece of wood resonates Yes. when you strum it or yeah. pluck a note. And the less paint there is on the wood, the more the wood resonates. So if you covered it up, firstly they lose all their value. Yeah, Their that's value like, goes yeah. out the window. Yes. They're like halves. And they lose all their value. And also I've been playing beat up guitars for so long now that it's kind of, you know, some people like yellow guitars and some people like blue ones and red ones. I kind of like a beat up one now because it kind of feels like home. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? You're also yeah. not too precious about it. yeah about bumping I mean, look after pressure. it. But you look after it, it, but you look after it, it sure, but, not you know, it, but you you know, if you bump it into a <clears throat> tabletop or something and you get a chip out of something the end of the world, you know what yeah, I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yes. it's just part of the vibe now. That's <laughs>
2: cool. Yeah, that's cool, that's, yeah, uh, it's it's cool man, yeah. And then, because I mean there are some artists that are getting signature guitars that are made specifically like they look like they
1: want. Well, this one I'm playing now, Yes. there's two old ones that, yeah. I, that I had, are unplayable now. Oh, okay. Unplayable, completely. Okay. The necks are twisted, there's not enough fretboard for rephrasing. Yeah. It's it's And the wood is… The Brazilian… The, yeah, Brazilian, Brazilian rosewood. Rose, yeah. are not allowed to tour with it anymore yeah, without exactly. papers. Oh really? <coughs> it can be confiscated if you go into like Switzerland and stuff. Sweet. Right? Yeah, so it was it was quite stressful for the last couple of years. Okay. So I ordered this guitar. That guitar's okay. a month old. Oh
2: right.
1: From Fender, from it's called a Master guitar. Yeah. So there's there's ten master that work at Custom Shop. Uh-huh. You get custom shop guitars and you get master builds. Mm-hmm. Master take three years to build. Wow. And I took fifty-seven photos of the combo of my other guitars, of every ding, every scratch, the thickness of the neck, the thickness of the wood, the weight of the wood, the thickness of the paint, and they recreated an identical copy of the two guitars combined in another color that I wanted, but the exact thing, and it took them three years to do, to the the last shaving of wood, to the pickups, to everything, and it's crazy. I waited three years and it it feels like I've been playing this guitar for 20 years, except and they they roast the body so it sounds old the Mm. the wood's dry so it sounds old and it feels like I've been playing it for the last 20 years sounds like I've been playing it for the last 20 years but it's brand new and I've got no issues with it the wood's legal I've got another 40 years on that guitar now without any issues wow I'm amazed I'm amazed
2: I saw saw you the, the the I don't know, I where you got that from. Yeah. yeah. That's an interesting it's a, it's story. It's a guy called Jason Smith Yeah,
1: uh, built that guitar for me Speak at the Fender Custom Shop. It took three years, man. Yeah,
2: I'm not, not going to ask
1: how much it costs. Well, I got a. I got a fantastic, uh, did some deals with Fender and all that stuff. Yeah. But there are stupid money if you pay the full price. It's stupid money. And I don't have that money, unfortunately. <laughs> The I got the guitar, and <laughs> you got the guitar. can't have to cut me a, uh, a deal, yeah. But I mean, talking
2: about your guitars, I, I love the story about your red guitar. Sure, how you lost it in New Orleans, and what was it? Two years later, or sometimes yeah, about later, a year later, yeah, yeah, yeah made sure. Made its way back to Cape
1: Town. Sure, can you believe it? Yeah, yeah.
2: what a lovely yeah, story. Yeah, so I left it
1: on the fridge. Uh, I mean, was it
2: hard just to put it on top of the fridge? No, it, it was. I man. it
1: was tough. I mean, it was. It was you had to kind Did of choose between it? the guitar and your life, yeah, yeah. So I popped on the fridge. Katrina was coming in on the Monday. We went to Mississippi. Um, I was on a yeah. ground floor apartment. Um, the hurricane came in, rode the guitar off because I thought I'd never see it again the same yeah. way. Um, it was in a fortunately in a very heavy duty flat case. Um, I kind of yeah. kept it all right. Um, you couldn't go into New Orleans for months afterwards because it was like a it was like complete no go yeah. zone. <clears throat> and then, yeah, we did the Cape Town Jazz Festival in 2006. They booked my American band. They went through my old apartment because you could go in there to check if anything they could bring back for me. And they found the guitar, and they brought it back, and wow. the strings were a bit rusty. I changed the strings, and off I went, man. Awesome. And it's still, it's still kind of going the completely. Yeah, yeah, But it's still, still playable, man. Yeah, that's awesome.
2: Yeah. And I mean,
1: do you put it up on the... Yeah, it's kind up the of in parts at the moment, because yeah, okay. over the years yeah. I've popped parts on, but... Okay. I'm in the process of now returning each guitar to its, all the original parts on the original guitar, okay. and I can pop it on the wall. Yeah, you know? sure. that's, mean, exactly. that's as, good as good as they're gonna be for now. Yeah, yeah sure. That's right.
2: But I mean, there are lots of memories with those guitars, eh? So, I mean, mm.
1: Yeah. Counters, and that's why I'd never sell them, because yeah. I've done so many miles on those guitars. You know? Yeah. So many, and so many experiences, and it's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, that's
2: great. Early on, we were talking about the storytelling behind. You know like when you play an intimate venue sure. and it's nice to, do you like to tell the stories? Do I do, if stories? people
1: if people are listening I do. Yeah. If people aren't listening, even if there's a table that's not listening in the back, I, I kind of lose interest. And it also affects the way I play and feel music. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do like telling stories. It does get tough when you've been on the same yeah. tour for a long time and you're telling the same, same story stuff. over because yeah. you bore yourself yeah. in your own mind you kind of think Oh, but you you forget that the audience is probably hearing it for the first time. Or first yeah. well, even first the second time, time, but it's months later, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, it's alright then, but you've got to kind of keep reminding yourself, but yeah. I do, I do enjoy telling the stories. Yeah. <clears throat> Especially in intimate settings. it's far weirder to tell them yeah. in yeah. a bigger setting. Yeah. You can talk a bit, but you know, it, it doesn't lend itself to the storytelling yeah. thing as as well, I think.
2: Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think the songs that you write, I mean, are they... Has has each song got a story behind it, or there's
1: some that are just some? Most songs have a story behind it. Um, you know, I write the lyrics at the end, yeah, and the song the music will kind of point a direction of where it should go lyrically, okay, and what you know I should look at kind of writing about. Some songs, not it's been a more more on the rare occasion. Some songs I just write a set of lyrics that just sing well, and then you kind of figure out the meaning afterwards, and you go, Oh my god, that's that is perfect for this bit of social commentary, or, or this or that or the next thing. But that's more of a rarity for me. It's more, right, what am I gonna write about? What, what does the song feel like? Um, and, you know, what does the song remind me of? I'll get a concept, and from there, you know, start working on lyrics. And, and you know, lyric writing is very different to poetry or story writing because the words have to sing well it yeah. can't just be a cool. I mean, you can write the coolest lyrics, deepest and brilliant <laughs> English, and, and just gorgeous yeah. words, but they're not necessarily going to sing very well. So <clears throat> it's that balance between words that sing well, phrases that sing well, and and English that that speaks well. It speaks well. Yeah. yeah so it's that, it's that delicate balance, you know. Yeah. And it's probably it's a tough thing. And the more you do it, the better you get it. It's okay. kind of thing, Yeah. Yeah.
2: No. So I mean, do you find it easy to write songs, or is it just you've got to be in the mood? Or you you've got to be in a different mindset
1: completely. Yeah. Like performing is very different to 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 um, the writing. So writing and, and, and writing and producing an album and recording albums—that I see—is all is in the same area. It's a different hat you need to wear and a yeah. different, completely different mindset. And performing, you're not worrying about you know that melody if it works against these chords or. This drum sound or that guitar tone. You, you literally worry about your guitar sound in soundcheck, and the rest is about delivering and performing and feeling the music, yeah. not necessarily going, "Does this work with that?" Yeah, you've already done that. Work you've done that. Work. So when I write, generally, I tend to take off blocks of time from the road and from yeah. from performing and just concentrate on writing and it takes a few days to kind of settle into that mindset but then you eventually do.
2: Yeah, so I mean, are you like into a routine now of an album, tour 18 months and then start writing another album? Yeah, or kind or? of. I mean it's a
1: loose routine but that is the basic routine is, yeah. is you tour the album. You know, generally, you know, overseas works a little bit differently. Generally, you'll, you'll have two, two tours you can do um, on one album you know as a new album so you'll tour the album for the first time for a month or whatever and you can come back at the end of the year or earlier the next year and you do another tour of the album Yeah. and then if you're not releasing another album immediately then you'll generally go on a support tour okay because you know what I mean because promoters it's all about products and what they can use to sell tickets to a show yeah so if you're going for your third time and you know unless you like Walter Trout or like Massive name. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can tour the same album forever. You know, you've, you've got that hard and yeah. following. You know, we're still in the process of building we'll it, and it we've, things, we've yeah. built it great. It's it's cool now. It's but you know, we obviously we want to keep it going and yeah. keep the momentum going. So generally, you'll do a support tour then, which is great. Yeah, you, you probably dig a little bit more into your back catalog then. You do some of the new songs, but just a little bit more of a yeah. best of set. Yeah. And then you go and, you, and those sets are always the best because you're not promoting one album. Yeah. You know, you can really play what yeah. you feel you want you want to play and what yeah. puts a makes a good life show. And then you, you do the sport thing, you gain more fans, and then you know, so we've got a new album coming out early next year.
2: Cool, that was my next question. Oh, ah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> so we've got
1: a new one coming out early next year. It's called Devil's Dopamine and that and we should um, probably tour it April, May in, in Europe, in the UK. Yeah. And before that We'll initially, obviously, launch it in South Africa, which is home yeah. country for me. Awesome. Enter it in South Africa and, and, and all that, so yeah. it's fun, yeah. yeah.
2: And then finally, um, in terms of the new music that you write, are you consciously thinking about, okay, the last album, this sort of vibe, right. the next album, I want to change it up a little bit, because Perfection Kills is a little bit more, for me, I might not It was a little bit different to your previous ones. sure. And, I mean, congratulations on getting the song award oh, for man. that. Cool. Thank you. Uh, which was the best rock album, man. Yeah, yeah? that's it. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Right.
1: So, I mean, is it a conscious thing
2: that you're doing or Yeah, I think
1: it? so. I think, you know, especially if you're releasing your own albums, you're never, ever happy with them in yeah. guitar it, you know? Yeah. You know, your, always your last album is the worst sounding album to you. The one before then sounds way better What of a sudden, because you're not so precious about it. You know, yeah, right? sure. Um, so, there's always a different direction you want to go. You might want to go a little bit heavier, or a little bit lighter. A little bit more bluesy, a little bit more rock. You know what I mean? Like those are the kind of things I'm thinking about when, when, when I'm writing for an album. Yeah, is what works on the last album really works? Yeah, um, for the listener number one, and for us playing live, mm. you know what I mean? That, that, that I mean that's a complete different balance. So yes. the listener might love a song and album, but it doesn't translate live. It might be like, ugh, it's such yeah. a bleak one to play yeah. live. So it's it's always about finding that that balance. And you only ever know if a song's going to work live if you play played live a, a good few times. So you yeah. can't do it once and it's a disaster and you go, never again. Because you know, a lot of songs we play now that we've been playing for years, we were a disaster the first couple of times we played them. But we, we persevered and they settled live. Yeah. And now they're staples in the set and they work really well live. But some just never settle. Yeah. They just,
2: just for never whatever get. reason, they just
1: don't work live. Yeah. And you never know you always think this is going to be great, every song is going to work live and it never does. It's always <laughs> I mean, a couple have you, album tracks, yeah. You,
2: yeah. I mean, have you got that one song that you'd be very surprised about how it's being received? In other words, you thought, ah, oh, that's not really the single that we're going to put out. But yeah. Out.
1: So on the, on audience, the last album, little, like Perfection Kills, yeah. the last track, the reason I put on the last track because it was probably my least favorite song on the album was Dog Day, yeah. and that was the first single in, in the UK. Yeah. Go yeah, figure. Because, I mean, on
2: no, Google play music? Like the most popular songs, that's the
1: number one song. Yeah, it's weird. Isn't yeah. that strange, you know? And it's, I put it last on the album because it was my least favourite. So I mean, eh, it's alright. It's a go filler for me, you know what I mean? Like, a, like an album filler, you know? And it's once again, the, every hit we've had, I use the, the word yeah. <laughs> loosely, <laughs> every single that's gone yeah. out and done well, it's always been the last song written on the album, the one with yeah. the least amount of thought in it. Yeah. No thought, no, you just went, shit, we need another song for the album, let's just get one out quick. Yeah. So Dog Day, I wrote in studio on the last day, wrote the music and the lyrics there and then, and I think on the new album, the, 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 the opening track, I wrote yeah. the day we recorded it, because I, I wasn't happy with the other song, thought okay. this is a disaster, I've worked on this for way too long, it's not working. Let's yeah. Call it a day, and I wrote that yeah. in 10 minutes. Lyrics, melody, and why those work is because they're simple, yeah. You're not overthinking it, and, yeah, and people exactly. can relate to simplicity. simplicity. Yeah. It's powerful, simple, done. That's Boom, awesome. record, and off you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: anyway, looking forward to the new
2: album.
1: Thank you, bro. So, Thank you, man. I've taken up your time. Thanks, man. Awesome. It was a pleasure, man. A real pleasure saying that. Yeah. Man.
0: Well, there you have it. I really enjoyed sitting down and having a chat to Dan. Uh, It was nice to be able to ask him some of the questions that I've always wanted to ask. If you guys are a fan of Dan or not, you've never heard his music before, I would suggest you go across to his website and check out when he is playing a gig near you. I know he's got a couple of gigs around the country before the end of the year. And of course, the new album will be coming out next year. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to that one. And that, my friends, is the end.